Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Read from um, Acts 2.46. If we can pull that up. How many of you guys have heard this scripture for so many times? They worship together at the temple each day. Is that... Is anybody else hearing? Yeah, everybody's kind of hearing that. Um, do you want me to switch mics? Or we're good? Okay. Um, so they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in home um, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So in this passage of Scripture, we all know that, you know, that's the, the infamous sort of Scripture where it says, you know, like we should all have communion together, and we should be spending more time and um, by spending more time just really devoting ourselves to the Word of God and digging in and um, being the church, that's what's going to really set the church on fire. And I just want to dig into that scripture because I find that it's such a real and like genuine revelation um, to have. But sometimes I feel like we just kind of like hit the surface level of it and we just kind of say, okay, this is as far as I'm going to take that thought. But then um, when it comes to just that practical side as well, just kind of looking at that in our everyday experiences and just saying, you know, um, like how can we start doing things that will start implementing a strategy like that? Like, you know, we just heard about the barbecue and the garden party, and those are great things. Like I heard a lot of like really cool feedback just from a number of the guys as well as um, just uh, through my wife, just through um, the women as well, that it was such a great time just to be able to have that encouragement and it's just a very positive atmosphere, and there's a lot of life that, that goes on there, and everybody's able to just really just have a fun time with each other and encourage each other in the Word of God. I know that I got challenged as well, too, just in my faith, and I just feel like, you know, we're just sharpening each other that way. So that's a really good example of it, as well as just, you know, being here on Sundays, you know, spending that time just really engaging with each other in that fellowship, listening to the Word of God. Like, those are some really good examples of how our faith gets built, and, you know, we uh, have uh, a lot that we can build on, and so those are some really cool things. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, uh, what, I, what I find is a lot of times it's, it's a battle of, like, religion, and religion says that, you know, um, we do what is, what is accepted by practice. So, you know, like imagine, you know, someone who's Catholic, they're going to go to Mass, and as they go to Mass, they know that they're going to be doing certain things in that ceremony. When they're done that ceremony, they're done. They could even be thinking about totally other things, but, um, you know, but by principle of the Word of God, if we were to actually found, found everything on the principles of the Word of God, um, you know, we would find that we have to really grapple with different aspects of that word and really grapple with those things. And so even in this kind of like topic, I find that a lot of times it becomes religious. It becomes religious for even like modern uh, Christians, like ones that, you know, that identify as, you know, like we've got like the drums and, you know, uh, you know, a nice band and stuff like that. And, you know, some churches are more traditional and, you know, but it's like, even in that, we can still have a form of religiosity. And so um, one of the things that I find is, you know, that we need to break past the mold of even what that form of religion is, because we're getting into a new 
way of, of even having that as a form of religion, right? Because as we get older, our kids are going to experience that form of church, and that other form of church may not be as predominant, but it'll be a different form of church, but that's going to be an old form of church, believe it or not, and uh, there will be a, another way that we do church. But one of the things that we got to look at is just not settling for just like a standard way that we're used to doing it, where, you know, we just come in once a week, you know, we have that, you know, maybe we do an, an extra event, like, you know, once in the month or something like that, and that's all we decide to engage with. Um, and I want to bring up some scripture verses that just really emphasize the importance of, like, just growing together, fellowship, you know, people on people, and what that looks like. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people um, lying close um, together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They're even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So we can see there, like, that's a very vivid example of how the unification of people together, how there's um, a greater ability to be able to bounce out of problems and situations and to actually um, move forward in life. So that's a really good example. Another good example, too, is in Matthew 18, 20, where it says, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, so that means that we'd be gathering for a particular purpose, which is following after Christ, I am there among them. So not only are we looking at the strength of the unification of people, but we're also looking at the strength of when we're actually unifying underneath um, following after Jesus, that he is also there among us. So there's also a greater impact and a greater form of um, power and a greater form of presence that goes with us in those experiences as well. So those are a, uh, just a couple little nuggets that I wanted to get at. <clears throat> and uh, just... Even like a number of, of other examples that I can think of, you know, like when you look at Jesus, Jesus had his disciples. What did his, his disciples do? He, his disciples came and had uh, fellowship with him, and he had them really close with him for a number of years. And, you know, then there was that rubbing off effect that came as a result of Jesus having um, those connections with the disciples. And then, you know, they had disciples as well, too. And so you look at Moses, you know, how he was, you know, close with the, the Lord in prayer, and um, how... Uh, God had used uh, Joshua, who, you know, was able to be close with, uh, with Moses, even in that time of prayer. And so then Joshua was able to just capture a lot of the, uh, the essence of what Moses was communing with the Lord on, because, you know, Moses was in the tent, and he was constantly in the presence of the Lord, and, and constantly communing, communing with God. And so then when Joshua was able to do that too, then Joshua was able to capture something in that moment. And so we can see that there's a lot of this capturing effect that takes place in this form of unification of driving us closer together and being in that connection um, with each other and, and with the Lord. And so we can see that as well with Elisha, you know. Um, you know, you saw Elisha following Elijah and you saw him connecting with Elijah. And so we saw that there was a, an impact of God being able to use Elisha, even with like a double anointing that came on Elisha's life, that was the same kind of anointing as Elijah's life, but that was through that communion and that fellowship again. 
And so the question remains as to what are you following and who are you hanging around? Because it really has a significant impact on the kind of person that you are. We need um, communion with believers around us for strength and fortitude in following after Jesus. So um, if we can get that first slide up. Uh, so this is cool. And then... <clears throat> um, so this is how, what I know, what we see our lives as. So, um, and this is a lot of believers, and I, you know, and I, I don't know why, but this is, seems to be why, uh, what a lot of people believe here. And if you look up here on the, on the left side there, you can see, you know, this is a, a lot of the times the case that we, we feel that our life is, uh, is orchestrated by. So like we have us, and you can see, you know, we're doing something, you know, uh, we're saying a message of some sort. Maybe we're preaching. I don't know. Um, but then there's others there, right? And you can see, you know, there's all these other people who are not uh, inside the church that do not know Jesus. Let's just say, when we say the church, the church is really just people that are following after Jesus. So we can see that, you know, there's this, this way that we visualize it where we feel like, were the influence on the others. And so, you know, you, you kind of put this, like, really fancy sort of, like, badge, uh, you know, on, on, your, on your chest and, 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 you know, as a symbol to say, like, you know, I'm, I'm capable of being out there in the world and capable of being that influence and not necessarily get affected by all of the people around me because I'm a devout, strong Christian. I don't really need to have all of the different people around me. And then when you look at inside the church, um, you know, those people aren't participating inside the church because their experience with you was outside the church. And you're just kind of like this one, you know, this one guy that is just different, just like everybody else is kind of different. And so they don't really understand a whole lot of like who you are. And so maybe, you know, when you go to church and you maybe even ask those people, you find that, you know, you get a lot of no, you get a lot of you know, that kind of thing, but you just really enjoy those times that you spend just outside the church and all those different types of environments that you constant that we constantly find ourselves just gravitating to having those communion connections and all of those kinds of things, but then us inside the church, you know, we're not even really connecting well with the people that we have inside the church, and so what we're losing in, as a result of that is a lot of the, the essence of things that we were talking about prior. And so we can find that when it comes to God actually being able to impact us through that communion, we're losing the impact of that. And it's a really large impact that we're losing. There's, you know, some Proverbs that we could bring out about how, you know, if, if we're, uh, you know, bad company corrupts good character. So that basically means that if I'm constantly hanging out in a bad environment, then my character will be at fault and I'll have a lot of issues that are going to come. Because it's, it's really difficult to always keep an alertness in every area of our lives, in every facet of our lives, and not ever have one area slip, especially being human and having, like, you know, the ability to just, you know, um, you know, forget things and, and just be challenged in different ways and, um, you know, believe something at one point and then, you know, and then, you know, in, in another point, just kind of get a little bit uh, tired and, and wavery sort of. And, uh, and, and needing to have a form of encouragement that way. It's really difficult. So, um, so let's put up that next slide there. So the next slide is, we're impressionable. And that's really what I wanted to get at. 
is that we're basically impressionable. Don't think we have some kind of fancy badge, you know, where you can say, I'm not impressionable, but because I'm a, I'm a different kind of person. It's like when, the, when Jesus said, we're all sheep, we're all sheep. So we're all, we're all just, you know, going all sorts of different directions and being led by so many other things. And what's, what's impressionable? Easily influenced, moldable, susceptible, maybe marked by pressure. So there's a lot of different scenarios that, um, that affect us. And so we have to be careful that, you know, depending on, you know, maybe certain environments, you might have a strength to be able to tolerate certain things. Uh, we can pull that slide down now. Um, and you might have, um, you know, other areas where you're kind of weakened. So, you know, when we're impressionable, it's very difficult to be able to say, okay, like, um, so I'm going to be able to, you know, just continually live the way that we saw in that previous slide. Um, but it's difficult, right? Like, I, I really don't think that we can have that kind of a lifestyle. I really don't feel like it's biblical anyways. But a lot of us in North America, a lot of the North American church, holds to that kind of a lifestyle, right? I'm going to go and get my kids into sports. Then I'm going to go to a sporting uh, event every night. Then after doing a sporting event, I'm going to go and I'm going to work extra hours because, you know, our society praises people being workaholics, right? Um, to, to some extent in, in some circles. And, you know, or it's, you know, I'm just living for my own life. Like there's a lot of things that the world, right, is going to throw at us and lots of just different things that actually weigh us down like you know there's a lot of things involved in just growing as a human of having children and you know having a family and taking care of all your responsibilities like we get lost in the mix of not putting jesus in the center of it and so you know what i do is i look at like um you know like look at look at our children um how easy are they uh, at gleaning insights from their peers you know, like if you have your child participate in the wrong spheres of, of, uh, of connections with their peers, and, you know, all of a sudden you start seeing different things coming out of them. They're starting to um, maybe swear a little bit, or, you know, maybe they're, um, you know, going off and, and doing some things that you taught them not to do. But it's because there's this influence on their life. And, you know, so how do you rate that? Um, success in doing the right thing. You know, do, you, do we see the value in making sure that we have, um, you know, those right connections, like even with our children? So like with Jesus, he sees us as those children. He sees us as, um, you know, as those children that are needing those supports, those children that are, are needing that guidance. Like when we get old, right, what happens? We need to get more care, right, as we get older. So you're not going to be young and you know, and just be fully energetic forever and ever and ever, like, you will, there's a form of dependency that we all have to share on each other, and that's the whole point of having a body, um, the body of Christ, is because we have to take care of each other, like, that's why the Bible says, take, don't forget about the widows and the orphans, because it's like, you know, those are a, an area of support that, that needs to take place, because there's a, a form of strength that everyone else can bring to um, helping those individuals. But it's not saying that because they're weak necessarily in just like their faith and everything, but there's just, there's areas of weakness that, that get associated with those kinds of things. And so each one of us have different types of weaknesses, like children have weaknesses and being able to, you know, cognitively choose all the right choices and be guided the right way. As you become, you know, older, maybe we don't have the 
the maturity and the experiential knowledge that comes with, you know, having um, been older and been through a lot of different experiences. So to make sure that our guidance towards the way that we have our energy is funneled the right way. Or, you know, when we're old, you know, we might lose sight of some of those really quick, snappy decisions that a lot of, you know, young people can make in regards to ways that they can interpret different um, types of revelations based on foundations that have been laid through, you know, people that have gone before them and, and laid a really solid foundation in the church. So there's all sorts of reasons why each one of us has a form of dependency, you know, by one stretch or measure, on why we need to rely on other people that are currently in our spheres of um, connection inside the church. And so by pulling on those people in healthy ways, we're actually able to fortify our own selves. We're actually able to position our lives in a way that's, that's healthy. And so if we could pull up that last slide. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, this is kind of the way that I would uh, contextualize it as a good form of connecting. And so we can see us inside the church. You can see there that, um, you know, we are connected with other believers and we're building that relationship. So being intentional and saying, well, I don't know that person, but they're always sitting in the back corner. Well, it's like, go and make um, a point of connecting with that person and saying, hey, like, how are you doing, you know, and just start connecting with, um, with different ones. Like, you know, there's lots of people here that are around, you know, your age or, um, you know, or different ones that, are, that you can start um, learning and, and connecting from, you know, in small groups and things like that. So you can see us inside the church that we have those connections. And then you can see that us outside the church, you know, that it's us and church friends outside the church even because it creates a form of um, like just constantly refining each other. So, you know, just like what we read in, in the passage of scripture there where, you know, there's, um, you know, it, it's, you're not easily broken, right? That, you know, if you fall down, you have your friend there to pick you up. So there's that form of being able to um, be strengthened. And so if you look at the others there, um, you can see that those other people that are now connecting with you, I, I've made them a little bit smaller there because I just wanted to show that the influence is smaller because you're able to be who you are. And a lot of times what others are looking for is how do you connect with others? How does this relational connection work? How do you actually engage with other, with other believers? Like what's, what's your... Um, prerogative as you're, you're doing it and why, you know, um, what kinds of things do you enjoy? And so all of a sudden you get a lot of ways that you can just be an influence on others and others can see how you guys interact. And when people see the love of God flowing between people so freely and they can actually see basically the way that the church was intended, then what happens is there's a gravitational pull towards that and so um, when we see in the church that there actually are others that want to come alongside that because they're seeing something different, what they're seeing is something that you're identified with, and what you're identified with is basically um, the foundation of the gospel. And so when you're out in the world and you're independent and you're doing everything on your own, it's not visible. And, you know, time and time again, I'm seeing this play itself out. Like, ask yourself, 
you know, when you've had times when you've been out there on your own and you've tried to be those influence, uh, you try to be an influencer and you just try to hold to your faith. Do you ever notice that, you know, like it, it doesn't go very far, that it just kind of like ends at a certain point? Um, and have you ever, you know, like if you can reflect maybe on some other situations where you've had those different believers that have been around you and you've engaged with other people and that they're now experiencing that same kind of life that you're experiencing with those believers and now they're getting sucked into that and they're, they're kind of experiencing something different. Did you notice that, you know, that there was a bit of a different kind of influence? Because that's what I find happens when we really engage the right way, when we engage in a godly way. And what's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to create division. He's trying to create divisiveness. He's trying to pocket people, you know, position people against each other, you know, bring in different ways that we can, you know, not love and not have connection, not have that community and not bridge those gaps. Or, you know, maybe I've been hurt too much, so I don't want to talk about certain things with people. But, you know, when we read the Bible and we dig into it, it's actually full of all sorts of ways that we need to keep repositioning ourselves to connecting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer with each other and with him. And so that is what really keeps us solid, keeps us strong, and keeps us connected to, uh, to the Lord. Um, so that's, um, that's the main gist of the sermon um, and so there's maybe like a couple of scriptures that I want to bring out here. Um, so let's go to James 5.16. And this is just like, there's so many case examples of being in communion with each other and the importance of it is confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So if you don't, if we don't have connection, if I don't have connection in my life, if I don't have a way for me to just even confess my sins to each other and have someone even pray for me, if I don't even have a space for that, I'm going to miss out on the second part of that, which is the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So I'm going to re re um, reduce the way that I could experience my life because I'm choosing to not, um, because I'm choosing to negate the, the actual benefit that goes along with being in communion with one another. And so what I'm trying to get at here is it's not even acceptable for us to think that it's like reasonable to do that. Because the, the death that we're going to experience will be continuous. It's not like, uh, like optional. It, it, it'll happen. So if the engagement doesn't happen where we're in that fellowship with one another, it's not like it's, it's just optional, like whether you're going to experience it or not. We will experience that. We will experience those forms of struggles, those forms of challenging, of having to have that form of independence. But if we engage, then we get the benefit of what all those engagement benefits would be. And so one of them is just being able to pray for each other and having righteous people, which are the people of God, being able to pray for one another, that we can actually engage in fellowship and in harmony around that. And, you know, we have um, within our church culture, like just within big church and the people that have connected here, you know, we've established different types of, of ways of connecting. And it's not about programming kind of a feel. It's more relational kind of feel but having vehicles to be able to experience that. And so 
One of them is through Thursday prayer. And I'm, I'm being honest, we don't even, you don't even have to limit it to Thursday prayer. You could go to all sorts of other things. But having that Thursday prayer just allows you to have a safe space where, you know, maybe you haven't connected with a lot of people and you find it hard to connect with people. Well, there's a place that you can go to bring those connections stronger. And then when you get those strong connections, you may not find that you um, are dependent upon something like Thursday prayer, because now you've got a, a form of praying on a regular basis. Like, you know, a good example would be like, you know, my father who, you know, will spend time praying with the different um, ministers. He still goes to Thursday prayer because he values it and he sees the importance of being able to be a strength that way. But he's got prayer times where he spends with other um, ministers within the community. So he's able to go and engage and have that fellowship and have that time of praying to be able to get that prayer from others so that they can all strengthen each other. And so then there's a tight-knit sort of like way that the enemy can't come at the community on the, like, you know, at the same level um, that he might be comfortable with in other settings where churches aren't able to do that. And so there's that form of communion that it doesn't matter what stage of uh, where you are in your maturity of, of following after God, you can easily lose it. So we don't want to get into places like that. We want to be able to have fortitude and strength towards the things that God has given and placed in our spirits and placed in our hearts and things that we need to protect. So, you know, that's what Thursday prayer can do. It's a way for you to experience a richness of Christ, a way for you to experience a richness of people being able to pray into you and for you to pray into others. And so there's a rich experience there's a rich heritage that I feel like because of the way that we live in North America, we miss the, the, the opportunities. We miss the, um, the notion of just understanding this concept of just experiencing each other, being able to actually engage with each other and what the benefits and the ripple effects of that are. Um, but prayer is definitely one of those ways. And we can see that in James 5, 16. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, and you could easily identify with it. If you've been that lone wolf, like, look at it. Like, if I, you know, need a sense of freedom in my life and I'm always feeling beaten down and beaten down and beaten down, well, let's go to Thursday prayer. Let's, let's, that's where you should engage, you know. And I'm telling you, like, I've, I have a lot of conversations with different people and sometimes I find when I try to be that encouragement and say, look, I get it. I understand what you're going through in that moment why don't you come out to Thursday prayer? By coming out to Thursday prayer, we can actually pray over those things. Like, let's pray together, but let's also just keep stacking the deck in your favor. Let's stack the deck in a way that's going to keep you building yourself strong. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, another thing is in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together See that? And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So what, it, what that means is just because some people do it, don't do it. <laughs> just because other people are doing it, don't neglect our meeting together. So encouraging one another. So um, and, and love and good works. So that, what, is, what, is, what would love and good works look like when you're in communion together? Well, it would mean that, you know, when someone comes out to church and 
you know, they're having a difficult time, um, you know, emotionally with maybe something that's going on in their family life, and they come and they talk to you because you're a Christian, and you're there to be able to have a conversation with them, they're looking for encouragement. And that's what they get when you are also participating in just like reading your word, growing in God, and being able to fellowship with each other. It's not like just the pastor that has uh, a message. It's all of us being able to encourage and strengthen each other, you know. And that just brings me to the next point of the importance of small groups, because that's a really good, strong example of having that small group. So, you know, in the one hand, you have spiritual battles that take place where, you know, where you can feel bombarded by so many things that the enemy throws at you, and that's where Thursday prayers is really beneficial. But on the other hand, you know, we need that encouragement. We, we need that love from good works that comes from other people. And so we can experience a lot of those things from participating in a small group. And I can tell you right now that every single person, um, you know, that's even serving, like, in our church, like, um, like different ones that are like in leadership, like they're all, you know, participating and going to prayer. They're all participating and connecting and being a part of, um, you know, like, uh, you know, forms of small group. Like these are all things that are taking place. And so we're trying to model an, an importance of just being able to have those kinds of forms of engagement. Because if we're going to have a strong church, we need to be united. We need to be able to have Jesus at the forefront. And we need to have a reason to be engaged with each other. We need to have exciting times with each other. You know, like even with these uh, events that took place with the garden parties and stuff, you know, there, there's a group of, of, of ladies in the church, there's a group of men in the church that are participating together to be able to come up with different unique ways that we can all engage with each other so that we can actually have those kinds of relating times of being able to just connect with each other and just, you know, just basically just build with each other, just you know, that life on life. And then, you know, when we have small groups, there's like a bit of uh, teaching that goes on. There's a bit of um, just growing and having the word of God poured into you and having engagement with each other. And, you know, maybe you get caught in a conversation for like 30 minutes with someone after a group and it just like set your course different for the rest of that week. And you don't know why, but things start stacking and building the right way. Well, that's what happens when we have that unification with each other. Um, so, you know, so basically as we're continually growing towards, um, you know, Jesus by participating and connecting, um, with each other, that's really how it's done. So I just want to go back to just refresh our, our, our minds with two scripture verses that I, that I really like from the very, very beginning. And that was Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, where it says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They're even um, better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So we understand the principle. And then we can see that you know, when we're united under Jesus, there's even greater strength. So Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gather together as followers, I am there among them. And so I just wanted to bring some life to that one passage of scripture, which is in Acts 2, 46. They worship together at the temple each day. 
meeting in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meal, their meals with great joy and generosity. So they had a strength and a fortitude that they were not even aware of, but they were tapping into, maybe they were aware of it, but they were tapping into where they were unified and Jesus was there in the midst of them. And it was like all of hell couldn't even break out against that. So there was such power in that. And so I would encourage you to break past the religious mindsets that you might be holding on to, which is patternized thinking, staying the, the same course of just living out whatever form of Christianity you're comfortable with, and just saying to yourself, you know what? I get it. I get the principles that are coming out in the Bible, and I understand that, you know, and it's not about a program. It's about just engaging that way and making sure that you have those times. And so at our church, we just make sure that we have places for those types of engagement on a regular basis for everybody that comes to the church. So, you know, if, if you don't have those, those places of engagement, I would encourage you to do that, to participate in some of those, uh, some of those vehicles, so to speak, of where we're, um, as big church, able to, to help engage that way. Because it's never going to end. It's never going to end, not even end there. God's got other ways of just keeping um, us on track with him and keeping us growing in our faith. So it'll never end, you know. We're, we're just constantly being pushed in such a way that we're just constantly growing in our faith and growing in our faith and growing in our faith and growing in just knowing who Jesus is and experiencing more of him. And so there's a lot more that we can have if we just learn some of those types of things. So I just hope that was an encouragement to you. I'm not trying to bash anybody over the head. I just want you to understand what's happening if you haven't necessarily been engaging that way and why it would be important to engage that way. So let's just pray. So God, I just pray right now, Lord God, that if anybody's heard these words, Lord God, and they can understand these things, Lord God, just I pray that first off you would help them to understand these things, but I just pray, Lord God, that if they're feeling off, Lord God, or feeling apart from you and apart from each other, that you would give them, Lord God, just an insight into being able to um, to know what to do and to have something that they can participate in, God. And um, if they want to participate in things um, that big church is doing, Lord God, I just pray that you would just give them that assurance in their spirit that they could participate, Lord God, in those types of activities. And I just pray that we would just continually grow in just knowing who you are ultimately, Lord God, and that we would just break off the forms of religiosity, Lord God, of church, of constantly thinking that, you know, we're just going to just keep with the status quo and just do this, the same things, Lord God. I pray that we would grow continually in our faith and we would challenge ourselves with the word of God and see a church that becomes strong, Lord God, and just see what you have in store for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.